This is Way Family Church, and you're listening to our sermon podcast. We invite you to join us in person every Sunday morning at 1030. We meet at Lawford Middle School in Tucson, Arizona. For more information about who we are, upcoming events, or if you'd like to connect, visit us online at www.wayfamily.church. Now get your Bibles ready, and let's begin. Hey, go ahead and be seated. Let's start off in prayer. How's that sound? It's always good to do that in church, right? We might as well. Let's do it. Father, I thank you that we get a chance to come together, brothers and sisters, Father, to worship, celebrate, and honor you. I thank you for what you've done in our hearts and our lives. Father, in the past, Father, what you're doing in the present, and Father, what we know what you'll do in the future. Thank you, Father, for gathering us as a church. In your name, amen. Hey, good morning. Okay, that was, I'll be honest, that was just bad, all right? Good morning. Good morning. All right. Happy New Year. I know some of you are going, dude, it's already February, middle of February, just now, which, but in my opinion, the New Year doesn't start till after the Super Bowl, okay? At least my health plan doesn't start till after the Super Bowl. And I don't know how, if your team won or not, how many of y'all were for the Chiefs? How many of you are for that other team? Okay. <laughs> How many of y'all were for the commercials? Amen. That's right. Exactly. Well, my 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 team. I, I, to be honest, I had no skin in the game because I am a Cardinals fan. Okay, and the Cardinals. Everybody feels sorry for us, right? I mean, we're just we're that. We're, I'm a Cardinals fan. I, you live in Arizona, you got to be a Cardinals fan. At least I, I I'm trying to adopt that. I, I'm trying to do that. And so, um, let me ask. Okay, let's just let's just have some fun today. Let me ask, what team do you belong to that makes you the most proud? And I'm not talking about a sports team, because if it's the Cardinals, you'll be disappointed every year. Um, but a life team, okay? It can be the place that you work, maybe a place that you volunteer in the community. Or even more importantly, maybe it's your first team, right? Your family. Maybe it's the spiritual family, this church. What group or team you belong to that just makes you feel good. It's amazing the impact, really, of belonging to a group that, that um, we care about, how it can change our attitude, it can change our choices, and even our performances. Being part of a team uh, helps us learn, uh, learn stuff, it helps us build trust, it helps us care for others, and uh, it even improves our emotional and spiritual health. Wanting to be parts of something bigger than ourselves is universal. We all want to be part of a great team. We all want to feel included, part of a team and connected to other people in a meaningful and powerful ways. And that, that maybe you can experience, you know, in these kind of, it may either be at work, maybe some of you are in the military, you know what that means, and, or, or in sports. The last town that I lived in for moving to Arizona in 1996 was a little town called Hominy, Oklahoma. I hope you don't know where that's at, okay? Uh, 2,600 people, and that's including the prison outside of town. Those people couldn't leave. There was one four-way stop. If more than three people there, everybody panicked. No one knew what to do, okay? So it wasn't much of a town. It really wasn't. But at First Baptist Church, Hominy, Oklahoma, we'd have deacons meetings, and the deacons would spend the first half of the meeting talk about their football days. All these men are 60 years old and over, and they were talking about when they played football for the Hominy Bucks, okay? Back that far back. 
They would talk about how they would tackle people. They would talk about being in a dog pile and one of them gnawing on the leg of whoever's leg they could find, just start gnawing on it. And they go, Everett, that's my leg. Stop it. And so that's what they would tell those stories every time. But these guys are now 60 plus years old and they remember the team that they were part of. Now, you don't have to play sports very long. When you hear these words, that it's not about the winning run or who made the error or scored the touchdown or fumbled the ball. You hear these words, we win as a team, we lose as a team. See, evidently somebody understands that, right? Let's do that again because it should be on the screen, right? We win as a team, we lose as a team. Exactly. Now, it's true in a family, it's true in a church, and it's true on any team that you're at. Okay? In the letter of the church of Colossia, in Colossians um, chapter um, 3, verses 11 through 17, that's where we're going to be looking today, um, Paul reminds us, especially the early believers, reminds us that you and I are called to be part of a team, and that team is called the church, a spiritual family to do the work of God. And in this chapter, he tells us in these verses a few important things I want us to take away from today. One is that the name on the front is more important than the name on the back, okay? The name on the front is more important than the name on the back. Even though Fitzgerald's a Hall of Famer and maybe the best receiver ever in the Cardinals' history, I don't know, okay? But reality is, it's more importantly who you play for instead of you, Right? That's what he's saying. It's all about Jesus. In the church, it's all about Jesus. It's not about us. It's not the name of the church. It's all about Jesus. This is why he says it. He says, in Christ, there is not Greek or Jew, circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. The, fam the way family church is made up here today of all different kinds of backgrounds and experiences. We have different racial, religious, cultural, economic, social differences. And Jesus has saved all of us and brought us together to form this team called the church. We're not first pro Americans or Protestants or white, brown, black, wealthy, or poor. None of these things matter in significance to following Jesus. Jesus is it. It. And the only way for us to have a great team is for everyone to have the same focus, the same objective. And when it comes to the church, there is no objective or focus other than Jesus. It is impossible, even though my wife says it's not, it's impossible to do two things at once. Okay? Now, I know that women are more gifted in this than men, okay? And it's scientifically proven. Women can use both sides of their brain at the same time. Men cannot. There is a gap between our hemispheres, right? And so when a guy says, when you ask a guy and say, what are you thinking about? And he goes, nothing. He really means it, okay? He really, he really, really means it, okay? Men are brain dead, okay? That's what I'm trying to say. Um, okay, so, um, but my, so my wife and I disagree with this all the time, okay? You cannot text and talk to someone at the same time. You can't text and drive at the same time, even though there are a lot of people that try to do that, right? And it scares me to death. I was driving down here today, this morning, from Peoria, Arizona, two and a half hours today, because of the 
who would have thought road construction on I-10, right? Who would have thought? And uh, um, it's always something going on on I-10. And so, you know, I'm watching people, and they're like, you know, I'm driving. People are like, like this while driving. I'm going, please, Jesus, get me through this day like that. Um, you, you can't do two things at once. My wife gets so mad at me when we're talking and I'm looking at my phone. She gets so mad at me. She says, you're not paying attention to me. I'm going, I'm paying as attention as I want to pay attention. But I, didn't, I don't say that, really. I don't say that. Okay, for her, uh, for her it communicates that when I'm, I'm doing something else other than listening to her, that, that I, I don't appreciate her, and that I don't love her, that I don't care for her. It's impossible for a church to do anything but Jesus. And when we do Jesus and something else, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. When the church is all about Jesus only, and our identity as a team is not our individual backgrounds, but it's all about Jesus. And then Paul goes on to say, uh, tell us what a team looks like. He tells us that you were chosen to be on the roster. He says, therefore, as God's chosen ones, holy and dearly loved, God chose you to be on the roster. He chose you to be part of this team. To use your experiences, your giftedness, your passions, your abilities to further the goal of the Lord's agenda to make disciples of all nations. When I was younger, I was, I've never been taller than this. I was going to say when I was taller and better looking, but I was never taller. And I've always been this ugly. So, okay, so, um, so we play, you know, junior high and high school sports. My, my coach you know, I'd go out for the basketball team. Only problem is, I couldn't dribble, okay? I couldn't jump, and I couldn't shoot. Which, in basketball, you got to do at least one of those things pretty good, right? But what I could do is I could foul like nobody's business, okay? So, basically, my job in the whole season was I was at the end of the bench, and when they needed a foul, the coach would go, Patton, get in there, foul number 14, so that's what I do. Go in, foul number 14, you know, and then he'd take me out because, again, I can't dribble. I can't, I can't rebound. I can't shoot. So um, I can't do anything. But, but I was on the team because I was good at fouling people, right? And you may be thinking, I don't have anything to offer here, but you do, okay? Every one of us is part of a team. We're part of this thing, and God has chosen you to be part of his kingdom, to be part of his team. First Peter chapter 2, verse 9 says it this way. He says, but you are a chosen race. Catch that? A royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So you were chosen to be part of this roster. And we, main, we, we are to function as a team. How, how are we to function as a team? He tells us in both in our homes and in our church, what are we to do? He tells us. He says first, he says, put on compassion, which is a deep concern for those that are hurting. That's what we're to do. Have a deep concern for those that are hurting. Then we're to put on kindness by asking, how can I help you? I see someone that's hurting, then how out of kindness can I be of service? Put on humility, which means to think about, um, to think about um, you before I think about me. 
That's very contrary to everything we've been taught, right? We've been taught it's all about me, okay, before it's all about you. But when we become Jesus followers, part of his team, he tells us that we are to have this humility where I go, you know what? What about you before me? And then we're to put on gentleness, which means to lend you my strength when you are in need. You're not well. You need help. I'm here to help you. And then put on patience, which means being willing to wait for you and wait with you. And then he drives it home. He says, put on forgiveness. Look what he says. He says, bearing one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a grievance against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you are also to forgive. Now, why did he say this? Because he knows that there's no perfect world with perfect people. And Paul is saying that because each of us can be annoying from time to time, don't look around, okay? Don't do that, right? That we need a little bit of forgiveness. So instead of complaining and criticizing, canceling each other, we're to show grace and forgiveness. Yes, there is a good chance, you know as a family, right? We know as a family that there are times when you get hurt by family. I'd like to say it's not true, but it's true. My granddaughter hurt my feelings yesterday. I'll be honest with you. Seven years old, I thought I would have more time than what I do. At seven years old, we were with a family function, and she wanted to play with her her, her uh, cousins and other people instead of hang out with me. I know, it hurt my feelings. I'm going, girl, who do you think you are? You're just seven years old. Right there. But she wanted to, she hurt my feelings. Family does that from time to time. Sometimes we're hurt by family. So what do we do? Well, we got to learn to forgive, right? We can't hold a judge. Jesus says, listen, very simply, Jesus forgave you. Therefore, you should forgive others. And you and I don't have a right not to forgive others because Jesus has forgiven us. And when it comes to keeping this team together, he tells us we're to do it with love and peace. Verse 15, above all, put on love. The perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of the Messiah, in which you're also called in one body, control your hearts. Be thankful. Loving God and loving each other. That's what it's going to take to bind us as a team, is to love God and love each other. And when we need a timeout, okay, to get things under control, we call on the peace of Jesus to umpire us. When we have conflict with one another, we ask the peace of Jesus to umpire our situation because we're family, because we're in a team. He goes on to tell us that we need to call, we call plays from one playbook, verse 15. He says, let the message about the Messiah dwell richly among you, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, and singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. In this church, there is only one playbook. It's called the Bible. That's it. Okay? We don't care about other people's opinions. 
Our, 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 uh, our direction in this church is not based on the latest Twitter feed or X or Instagram. I don't know if people still do Instagram. I'm sure they do. Um, what are the other ones? TikTok. I don't know. I don't know if anybody does Facebook. I don't know. I don't do Facebook. But any of those things, right? It's not based on what the society tells us. Everything that we do in every direction that we go as a church is based on one thing, and that is the Bible. And then lastly, he tells us, we play and we win for the owner of the team. Look what he says. And whoever, whatever you do, in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. So as a follower of Jesus, we should be the best dads. We should be the best moms. We should be the best teenager. We should be the best dinner guest. We should be the best employer, the best customer, the best neighbor and coworker. We should be the best hotel guests, the best Uber Lyft rider. We should be the best airline passenger. We should be the best messenger. We should be the best student. We represent the owner of the team, and we can't give people the wrong impression about who he is. So I can't degrade uh, someone. I can't be a jerk to the waiter. I can't embarrass people who don't agree with me. I can't call people names. I can't be condescending. And I can't act like I'm better than everyone else around me. For if I do, I am hurting the team in misrepresenting Jesus. There's a lot of stake here. A lot of stake at stake. The salvation of souls. At the end of the championship game last week, when the trophy was presented by the commissioner, the trophy did not go to the player. It went to the owner. Right? Championship trophy, Super Bowl championship of the whole world was given to the owner of the Chiefs. And guess what? You are not the owner. You're not. When you gave your life to Jesus, Jesus became the owner of your life. When my kids were smaller, because I was pastor of a church, they would tell people they could do whatever they wanted in the church because their dad owned the church. <laughs> okay? I can't, I, I, no matter how many times I told them, your dad doesn't own the church. No, you can't do that. They thought they could. You and I don't own the church. Jesus owns the church. And we play for the owner of that church, our team. It is not any of us. It's all about Jesus. Now, our prayer here is twofold today. One, God has put inside of you a desire to be part of a team. He has. That's why people are on all kinds of platforms. That's why people are always constantly searching for their group, their niche, their people. Why? Because God has created you to be part of a team. The team that will last forever is only one team. 
and that's with Jesus. And when you give your heart and your life to Jesus, you become part of a spiritual family that no matter where you are in the world, when you meet another Jesus person, you become family. You become united. No matter where you're at in the world. No matter where. Yesterday I was hiking a mountain near my house and I ran across um, Solomon. Solomon, I met several years ago, um, hiking the mountain and became friends with him. He's from Ethiopia. And he has a different background than I have. He goes to a different church than what I go to. But every time I see, uh, I see Solomon, Solomon is just amazing. We just sit and we talk as brothers because we love the Lord together. Different churches, different backgrounds, even different little bit theology. He comes from an Ethiopian um, Orthodox type of environment, but he just loves the Lord, and I love him, and he loves me, and we become family immediately when we come that moment. Why? Because we've both given our lives to Jesus Christ. That's why. And so some of you today, God has placed inside of your heart a need today to give your life to Jesus, because you know that you need to be part of something bigger than you. And then there's those of you that have said yes to Jesus, but maybe you've been coming here for a while, but you're not part of the family. You're part of the big family of God, but you're not part of this local family, the church. And of course, we would invite you to become part of that team. We've got great leaders here that would love to walk with you on how to become, a, a become part of this local family. Let's pray, and then we're going to do something as a family as we celebrate Jesus, okay? Father Jesus, I thank you so much for allowing us to come together and celebrate you. I thank you, Jesus, that you are um, who you say you are and that you are the sustainer and you are the finisher of our souls. Jesus, we come for you today because, Lord, um, you have called us to be part of a great team. And Father, sometimes as a member of that team, we have the idea that we're something and we start looking at our name instead of looking at your name. Sometimes, Father, even in the church, we concentrate on our church name rather than your name. And Jesus, I pray that, Father, as we represent you to our community, that we be reminded, Father, the, the, really the name on the back isn't near as important as the name on the front, and that's you. And Father, I pray if there's someone here who does not know you yet as Lord and Savior, has never given their life to you, that Father, today will be the day that they make you owner of their personal team. And that Father, they become part of your family. They become part of this family. They can use their giftedness, their experiences, Father, to help others that don't know you yet come to know you. Father, we ask this in your name. Amen.